And welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter Q&A Quest I Edition. I knew you were going to do no, that. No. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I'm afraid I need to go. I, I seem to have missed my... Uh, Chapter 87. Missed, I seem to have gone to the wrong room. Please excuse me. It has finally happened. Monster Hunter took, takes over. took that last turn in Albuquerque. Oh, man. And now there's just Rathaloses everywhere. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Okay, well, uh... You said Mike? Okay, no, that's that's outlawed no. now. Um, hi, it's, it's Q&A Quest, it's episode 87. Monster Hunter was a distraction. Rawr! I am, I am your total, I am not your host, but I play your host on TV. I am the one, the only, Phil Willis, a.k.a. JC Servant. And this is my tag team partner, Mr. Michael Apps. How's it going, Phil? Hey, high five, Monster Hunter <laughs> Ultimate Generations yeah. comes up. There's our high five right there. Woo! We're excited. Uh, yeah, I sound it. You sound it. Woo! Um, David McBurney, Family Master. Uh, I, I, I might have gone to the wrong room. Uh, oh, you can't. I, I guess I'll try to survive this mm-hmm. it's fine it's all fine and also with yeah, us, I thought you were at PAX and you weren't even gonna be here <laughs> PAX isn't until next week that's when I'm uh, here. <laughs> uh, you have embrace, a time machine Go embrace on. the hunter inside of you the hunter inside of me like sees like a deer and just runs in fear yeah Rawr! Played a I little believe bit that's of the noise the deer. Woo! Alright. World. So when do we start talking about Monster Hunter? Yes. Apps. Yes. When do we start talking about Monster Hunter? Soon, very soon. All right. Woo! Uh, Just uh, gonna sit here until Michael says to talk about Monster Hunter. Yes. Uh, so. Tight. I can't see it, but I'm just cradling my head in my hands. Uh, so I wanted to mention that uh, I am going to like post this episode probably pretty quickly, so I just want to mention that we're going to do another episode immediately after this, where hopefully some staff members are going to share some stories about Mac and whatnot, so um, I don't know if I'm going to put as long, it... As long as the Rothlos doesn't eat it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to put that as like a numbered episode or what, but... Um, yeah, so there's going to be two episodes this week. Yeah. Sadly, I won't be there for that. I apologize. That's all right. If you do have any memories, yeah. you can, you're welcome to share them on this episode. Uh, or I got one. You do? I once suggested he make a bat signal-like device that had a butt hanging out for his podcast. Because <laughs> there was a big joke Future about not having pants. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, good times. Good times. Last signal will outlast us all. Yeah. We'll also be doing some sharing on our next RPG backtrack, so I'm reserving most of my thoughts for that because he is one of the founding members, if not the founding member of that, and that's where I spend most of my time at RP Gamer is working on that and working with him on setting it up. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I actually talked to him was on an episode, the first episode of RPG Backtrack I was on, which I dug up earlier today, which is to talk about uh, Dragon Force. 
Beloved Sega Saturn classic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll share probably share more on that on the next episode. So, uh, as they say, the show must go on. So, we re- uh, I really wanted to do like a special Monster Hunter episode before um, Ultimate came out. So, um, a criminal. And in honor of Mac. Um, we're only going to do handheld-related questions. So, do we look, have any handheld-related questions? Well, here's the thing: some of them, yes, but any question that can't can't be answered with some sort of game that is played on a handheld, we will skip. Okay, I've got I've got an answer for the first one. Okay, I feel like if this is like Jeopardy, it has to be put into the form of a question. Yes, or handheld. Does that mean you'll be skipping all handheld-related questions now? Saving those for later? No, I mean, we're doing those, that tonight. That's all we do. Yeah. Hashtag uh, team handheld. Yeah, the next episode is going to be no questions. It's going to be only only sharing. So. No questions, only answers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, we have, the first one we have from Budai, I feel like, is an easy one to answer with all the handheld games, although not in a good way. That hurts. It's, um, what is the worst version of a good game? Mm. Lunar Legend. The handheld version? That's the GBA version. The mobile version of Chrono Trigger post-Steam release. (laughs) There's a lot of, we got a lot of options. There's a lot of times where, like, something was ported to a handheld, and it was like, I'm impressed you did this, but also you shouldn't have. Yeah. Guardian for or Guardian Heroes on the Game Gear. That's te- Wait, there's a game. There's a Gunstar Heroes on Game Gear. A Gunstar that's, Heroes, sorry. That's that, what I meant. Okay. But, gonna... but that reminds me, Guardian Heroes Advance. That that's a different game. Yeah, though. that doesn't count. Because that's like, the I'm only using version Lunar of that Legend game. Be- Yeah, I'm using Lunar Legend because that is a remake of Lunar 1. It's just worse in every way. Dragon Song. <laughs> Dragon Song's a sequel, and I hate it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, the one I would go with would be um, Adventure Time uh, Explore the Dungeon for 3DS. Explore mm. the Dungeon, because I don't know. Yeah, that's the title. Couldn't remember the whole thing. It's a game I really like, but the 3DS version is nearly unplayable. It's a shame that game... Uh, I played game it. Not... I didn't have that much issue with it. But the game, I played it, beat it, and it was over with, and I never played it again. I sold it. I mean, it's not. Wheels was obsessed with it for like a year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Speaking of which, Adventure Time's ending next week. Yeah. And the fun finally ends. It's Adventure Time. Oh no! Don't say that. Uh, no, they'll yeah, probably like... just, they'll probably just make a new Adventure Time show, but it's not called Adventure Time, and it doesn't have anything to do with Finn or Jake. It'll be about Jake the human and Finn the dog. Um, they can just do the, uh, is it Fiona and Cake? Finally. Well, just the world of, ooh. Yeah. It'll be about everybody but them. Adventure crime. Uh, I, 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 did, I, I kind of struggled with uh, Borderlands on the Vita. It did okay yeah. in reviews and as such. Um, you know, they, it was they, really impressive that it happened. It was impressive. It's just like you—you you guys just said, like, 
you, 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 they, they were so excited that they could do it. They didn't stop and ask themselves if they should. <laughs> and so, ah. and that's, and that's what happened here because I mean, of course they had to make some compromises on textures and jaws distance and the number of enemies at one time. And I was prepared for all of that. But aside from that, it was for me in my eyes, it was really hard to read any of the text in the inventory you know, on that Vita screen. It's a decent size for most things in life, but it doesn't work when you take something that was originally, you know, a computer game that's supposed to be a 21-inch monitor, and then you shrink those fonts into a, what is it, a four-inch screen? Something like that. Yeah, so that was really hard for me, aside from the drop, you know, the the frames and everything else. It just wasn't everything else that was going on here. Yeah. The Vita version of uh, East 8. Yeah. Is it that bad? Yeah, it's 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 slow enough that it's not worth playing compared to the other versions. That's a shame. Speaking of uh, bad handheld versions that, uh, in this case, probably thankfully weren't allowed to happen. Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh. All the wait. There was a good version of that. Oh. There were there were the versions game isn't of that, that bad, but it has problems. Yeah. The way I would describe it is there were versions of that that worse on my hand. Well, that version never came out. We actually... Like, yeah, but it would have never been good. Yeah, that's what I was bringing up. It's like just a few... We've, we've discussed this a few times over the course of the podcast and just a few days ago, several sites have started asking, what on earth happened to those versions? And the answer is really ugly and very long. Okay, um, that reminds me of Shantae Half Genie Hero on the Vita didn't play particularly well. I thought it was fine. Mm. I'm gonna make a bet about another. I didn't another... with that frame rate. I mean, I'm not a frame rate whore, but like it was, it was like this should be this should be a game that runs decently on the console, but it's just too laggy. I don't know. I mean, uh, Mr. Baker finished the whole game on the Vita and didn't complain too much. But, I mean, I've mostly played it on Switch, so I haven't gone back to the Vita version in a while. I need the Switch version, but I want to get a cart. I'm going to bring up another version that we were probably mercifully spared, which is uh, that Bloodstained on Vita would have been an ugly, ugly uh, problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't cancelled sooner, to be honest. Yeah, I'm surprised that they just outright cancelled it instead of just sticking to a digital release. I think that they, once they realized that they were going to have to tell people that you they weren't getting physical versions the uh, like the amount yeah, of people that wouldn't right. have just canceled it would have canceled their pledges and requested refunds would have been so insignificant the amount of money they were going to have to spend to port UE4 to the Vita just to make this game mm. was not worth it <laughs> well, I'm going to present an alternate version of this question that being uh, what handheld version of a game is the best version and my example for that would be uh, Monster Hunter Portable 3rd. Oh, and, man. Uh, Phil and I have discussed this. Phil, do you remember why I think this is the best version of 3? Yeah, because it's Monster Hunter uh, in the palm of your hand. And no, that's awesome. Because it's the only version of 3 where you don't have to do any swimming. Oh, Will. gosh, well, that's true. Yeah, gosh. Question, Wills. Yes. Yeah. How does how does it compare to Monster Hunter Portable 3rd HD version? Um, quite favorably, because the HD version is just the... It's the PSP game on because the PS3. Because swimming. Swimming. 
Just yeah, but because that doesn't... the swimming is in high def doesn't make it any better. It's all yeah. But portable third HD version doesn't have the swimming either. That's, that's oh, fair. Mm. Version. Oh. Uh, tropical freeze on the switch has significantly improved load times. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good one. I want to think of like some stuff that's uh. Oh, Daikatana. There, I, there we go. <laughs> what? <laughs> the GVC version of Daikatana is not an awful first-person shooter. It's a pretty okay Zelda clone. Well, wouldn't that make a completely different game at that point, though? It's still called Daikatana. <laughs> it is technically purporting to be a version of Daikatana, and therefore it is the best version of Daikatana. Wow. Well, what do you want from me? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to question, that. <laughs> so the question I have to ask is: We are we considering the Switch handheld? Is that it, part of Team Handheld? Yes. Yeah. So handheld. yes. Okay. All right. I, I believe so, I believe Mr. Cunningham included it in Team Handheld, so we must as well. Okay. So so my candidate would be Zelda Hyrule Warriors. That game mm. was fun on the Wii U. But somehow putting it on the Switch just made it so much freaking better. Now there were some couple of tweaks. They, you know, they rearranged the content, blah blah blah. And they it's fixed it's, multiplayer, so that it they, actually worked. Yeah, fixed multiplayer and, and a few other things. But for me, it was it was the fact that I could play it in those short bursts on the go here and there, and then pop it back in on my big TV and see it on the big screen when I wanted to. Um, it is a game that is perfect for handheld. Uh, there was a video about this on YouTube that I was watching a while back that I told Mike about where he talks about, you know, you hear you hear games talk about, uh, you know, reviewers saying, this game was just made for a Switch. What does that exactly mean, right? I mean, there's an argument to me that every game is better if it's portable as long as you don't mind, you know, some of the graphical reduction or whatnot. The Switch can take console experiences and, you know, full console experiences and put into your palm of your hand without the compromise that you saw on, let's say, the Vita with, with Borderlands or whatever have you. But his argument is that what makes it better, what really makes a handheld game awesome, is the ability that you can play it in these short spurts without losing where you're at. You see that with the new Mario, whatever the hell you know it's called, because you're just here to collect a star, and it just takes a few minutes. There's so many stars to get. It just takes a few minutes to grab a star. It's, it's not like some long, ongoing RPG that if you pause it and come back to it a week later, you've totally lost track of where you're at. You're just there to get the next door. Zelda, it's the same thing. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, anyways. You're there to knock out maps. They take anywhere from five minutes to maybe 30 tops. Um, but just like this weekend, uh, my friends were like, let's go out, let's go out to eat. I wasn't hungry, so I knew I was going to be bored. So I just took my Switch. I knocked out a couple of maps really quick. Nice. I've gotten so far in that game, in handheld. I love the game, but when it comes to my time on the TV you know playing that for three hours straight wasn't always my first choice but as a handheld option uh holy cow it it's just like peanut butter and jelly brings a tear to my eye it's awesome yeah uh did did i mention you can use a portal mic as a weapon you have and yeah i need need to play more of that game now that is insane uh what's her name the blue hair chick i can never remember her name but she, she, you get different weapons for the different characters. Lana, Lana's her name, and one of the one of the final weapons you unlock for her is a gate, as in a gate you use to summon other monsters. It'll just fly through the air, whack people around, then slap on the ground, and big centipede or spider will come out of it and start attacking your enemies for you. Do the right combo. And next thing you know, she's flying on a fire-breathing dragon and blowing away all the enemies for it's her like fight. 
Yeah, for whatever final move, she does a portal thing where she'll throw a portal in the ground. Another one will open up way up in the air. She'll jump down in it, just like the portal game. She'll come out of the one way up in the air that she set and just stomp right on the enemy's head with a super powerful, magically enforced kick. It's insane. It's awesome. I love this game. Go, Team Hanel. Speaking of Zelda, this is kind of a cheat, but Breath of the Wild. Technically a Wii U mm, game. Yeah. Better on handheld. Yeah, that's a good one. And he talked about the design of Breath of the Wild, why Breath of the Wild is the perfect Zelda game for Team Handheld, because, you know, the shrines are a heck of a lot smaller than the dungeons. If you were looking at, let's say, doing the water dungeon from Ocarina of Time in 10 minute burst, good luck. You'd lose your, you'd lose track. You wouldn't remember where you're at. But the dungeons in, in, in that Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, they're just small puzzles. You go and you knock them out in 10 to 15 minutes. Then you, you know, you pause your game, save it, whatever. Next time you come, you're like, okay, time to hit the land again and find a new dungeon, knock it out real quick. You know, you can do these yeah. things in 10, 15 minute segments and not feel like you're lost. It was, it was much more like, it was a much more easy to compartmentalize experience. Cause like even getting to another shrine, like you can see them on the map, you move from shrine to shrine and like that in itself would be a satisfying short burst of gameplay. Exactly. Anyone else got any uh, particular handheld versions they want to stick up for? Persona 4 Golden. Oh, yep, that is markedly uh, better. Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy. Mm. Mega Man 5 on the NES is not the shining star of the Mega Man NES games. <laughs> it's not that I hate it, but I do like the Game mm. Boy version a lot more. Mm. Just because it's significantly more original. This is starkly uh, a stark improvement from the Mega Man that I had as a child growing up, uh, Mega Man 1 on the Game Boy, which is a hateful experience that I recommend to no one. Seems worse, though. It'll make your ears bleed. Yeah, but it's not as hard as one. Like, imagine having Mega Man and Dr. Wily's Revenge and that being your first Mega Man game. If you've ever played that, you understand why that's a sadistic thing to do, it, do to a child. Another sadistic thing you could do to more than just a child is have somebody play a game called Dark uh, Spear or something. Ooh. Dark Fire. I love. You talking about Odin Spear? No, slightly no, different. No. He's the talking about Wheels having like once a, again. He's talking about your favorite game. Wheels is having a Vietnam flashback. No, 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 no. That was not aimed at me. Okay, okay. That was uh, Phil's favorite game. Ah, ah, he's he's seeing that someone else might have problems if this came up. Okay, we will move on quickly. Um, but yeah, uh, I kind of like reaching back into the, like the Game Boy and Game Boy Color library because that was a period when it was very common to not put a lot of effort into these handheld versions. So when you see the real diamonds in the rough, uh, it's worth commenting on. Yeah. Uh... Alright, so what else do we got for questions? Why did I navigate away from this page? I have it right now. Okay. Uh, Tuesday. Which game was it when you were young and you wanted to play but couldn't? That doesn't really apply to handhelds. We can save that for next week. It doesn't? Uh, I could pick. I could name some Game Boy games. Oh, you got some Game Boy games you really wanted but couldn't play? Uh, I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> 
Describe it, maybe I do. <laughs> it was like a first-person dungeon-ish RPG for Game Boy. Sort of hope. Uh, I think sort of hope two. Always wanted that to play got... sort of hope and sort of hope two. Yeah, sort of hope two is an early Game Boy game. Yeah, I think that's the one. And uh... does it count if it's like a game that we played a fan translation of years later, but we never actually played on the Game Boy? I mean, that's fair, and, like, we'll let that in. Because, like, I could mention Mother 3, and then... I mean, I did eventually buy the Game Boy Advance Japanese release, but I would have liked to have played it in English. You would have liked to have a good experience with the Metal Monkey? Yes. Or any of the DS Metal Max games? Oh, yeah, those would have been nice. Ugh... So, so you want a good Game Boy game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, I believe it's just called Donkey Kong. Maybe it had like oh some the ninety four one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have a uh, subtitle, but yeah, like so. I enjoyed the original arcade back in the day, uh, and I played Donkey Kong Country. But for me, in my history, there's nothing in between. You know, flash forward to two thousand and ten or something like that. I might have been, you know, watching some videos about, you know, classics you might have missed. Saw Donkey Kong, might have ran might have ran over to an emulator ROM site, downloaded. It is awesome. Uh it was super fun. It is so great. Because it oh, starts yeah. off with just the normal Mario levels and you think that's gonna be it. And it's a decent port of, you know, the Mario Arcade experience on the black and white Game Boy. But then it totally goes off in a different direction, and it becomes like a, a you know a plat puzzly platformer type of thing uh, with all kinds of different boards, lots of animation, character to it. It really took the the series in a completely new and fresh direction that I think we didn't really see again until like March of the Minis, and, and kind of reminded me a little bit more of March of the Minis than I actually don't like those games. Yeah, Mario but it's, ver- uh, go ahead. Yeah, but it definitely is more action oriented than the March of the Minis because you are literal, you are controlling uh, yeah. Mario in them. Yeah, you're not just Mar- you know. Mario, up. Mario versus Donkey Kong on the GBA was very deliberately an attempt to call back to that game. Yeah, that's the minis eventually come in and the game turns into Lemmings for some reason. But uh, but yeah, Mario, Mario, versus, Mario Donkey versus Donkey Kong, Kong, I also didn't like. I mean, the biggest factor for me was that. It didn't play like Donkey Kong, and the visual aesthetic just irked me. The uh, the pre-rendered sprites were a mistake, but at the same time, one of the things that's fun about DK94 is that it kind of was when Nintendo worked out what Mario's expanded moveset is, because he has, like, handstands and side jumps and, like, backflips in that that, like, are basically, oh, what would Mario's 3D moveset be like in 2D? But it's two years before Mario 64, so that's them testing out what Mario with more moves looks like. Yeah. And he got some moves you would never get again. <laughs> like yeah. kicking things while you was doing a kick handstand. Yeah, you could do the handstand and just walk that way, and if something fell on you, it's like, oh, well, he just kicks it off and he doesn't get hurt by it. It's great. That's available on 3DS Virtual Console if anyone's interested. Oh, yeah, Too bad good it's point. not colored. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Highly yeah. recommend it. Colors are for yeah. Don't. The, the color was the color was not the most interesting thing in the world, so it's not that much of an issue. It's much easier than tracking down the original card. So yes. Uh, 
Uh, also, do not confuse with Donkey Kong Land, which is also on the uh, 3DS Virtual Console and is not <laughs> worth going back to. It's not as terrible as Donkey Kong Country in the Game Boy Color, though. Oh, man. Well, that's just a ROM hack of Donkey Kong Land. <laughs> no, no, it's oh. like, it, it's an actual conversion of Donkey yeah, Kong Country. I, I, it is, but it's in the Donkey Kong Land engine. It's just a, it's just a ROM hack. <laughs> it feels like a Chinese bootleg. Um, don't play that. That, that version feels bad. Um, I enjoy Final Fantasy. Or 2, Land 2, or Land 3. <laughs> What were you thinking? I, I enjoyed uh, Final Fantasy Legends 3. Get out. Should, should have been a Saga Frontier <laughs> game. Yeah, I mean, Maybe back in the day, uh, back in Max, the day, that's kind of Mac all we that had. Game. Yes, he did. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but again, this one, now that one I didn't play like in 2010 like I did Donkey Kong. Uh, this is through the lens of, you know, a teenage boy stuck in the car for a bazillion hours. Who you know whose experiences up to that point were limited to early Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest games, and some computer RPGs. Having that in the palm of your hand certainly was limited compared to uh, computer RPGs and as such. But it was in the palm of my hand, so that was pretty nifty. I actually worked my way pretty much through the entire game. I, I wish I, have, I had gotten a Dragon Quest one and two as a kid for the Game Boy. Uh, yeah. Oh man, GBC Dragon Quest one and two is a really good version. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, speaking of best, well. I was gonna say, speaking of best versions on a handheld, those like of the official versions outside, if you're willing to deal with phone touchscreen periphery, which I'm not, of the versions officially released in the U.S., those are based on the Super Famicom versions and have all the niceties added to those, except for the graphics. I won't say those are the video, best because they they kind of screwed up the movement. In any case, Dragon Quest One and Two, which is the one I'm most thinking about, is uh, is a fair candidate, or at least was for a very long time, unless if you're willing to deal with touch screen controls. So didn't they also use the uh, Symphonic Suites for the soundtracks? For the the phone version? Yeah, I, I don't know. Or at least, not or at least something close to it. I have not played that version, so I do not know. Oh yeah, Dragon Quest V as well. Dragon Quest has a lot of really good versions on handheld. Dragon Quest V on handheld has an extra bride, and she is actually a really interesting addition to the game. What about four? Uh, I I enjoyed four a lot. I actually played the NES when it came out, and I enjoyed the DS version more, uh, if for no other reason. But it let me control my whole party, <laughs> which That's is important. a huge, which is very important. Uh, Although, it's... go ahead. Okay. No, you yeah. got. It. I forget now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, That's okay. I was just, I was just going to make a joke I know, about I know although it's you... everybody's favorite, but um, I did like the DS version of 6. I mean, it's better than the SNES version, but uh, the what I was going to say was a stupid joke that, like, if you're controlling it manually, it's much harder to make Torneco tell a, te- a naff gag at any given moment, so... <laughs> I found yeah. that even when I was controlling him manually, he'd still do whatever most of the time. I really appreciate the concept of a character who's just an agent of chaos upon the battle system. Right. You know, I I play, you know, when when 4 first came out, understand, coming from computer RPGs where I got to create my home party and had all of this agency of choice to going to, you know, JRPGs on the Nintendo console felt extremely limiting. I didn't really see what all the fuss was about Final Fantasy 1. Um, 
And and so when my mother gave me Dragon Quest Four, I started playing it, and I liked the chat. I went to the first you know four chapters, and it's introducing these characters. I'm like, okay, that's a lot different than anything you see in a in a computer RPG. Western RPGs are so focused on you making your whole own party and stuff that there's no real character development, and they were doing a really good job setting it up. And then I got to chapter five, where there's the hero. You start off with him, and then soon you start recruiting everybody else. And not only do you get no more development on them, but they are—they have their own brains. They start do they, they they do their own actions in combat. It why are so... you doing this, Elena? Yeah, <laughs> why, Elena? Yeah, Lord, dang it! I just needed you, Maya, whatever her name is, just to heal me that one time. Now we're dead. Yeah, yeah. It was just—it was—it was just to me. It just felt like I, RPGs are about choice and you know computer and console rpgs back then couldn't give you a lot of story decision choice there just wasn't enough room on the cartridge to have you know 15 alternate endings or anything along those lines so the agency of choice came in your your party you could create the names you gave your characters the decisions you made in combat the skills you picked up and it just seemed like dragon quest had none of that but now fast forward to the ds version um where you know i want something a little bit simpler uh when i'm on the go and I'm just, you know, got 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. Dragon Quest lends itself well to that because, you know, Dragon Quest Four, it's going from town to town and just knocking out, you know, these little segmented stories on your way to save the world. And giving back full control of the party uh, for some of the tougher fights was super helpful. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was something that was enhanced greatly. In fact, I remember when they were talking about it coming out, uh, I kept looking online to see, is it going to give me full control of the party yet? Is it going to give me full control of the party? And when it, when that, when I found that it was going to, pre-ordered. <laughs> I still have it today. And I just did a playthrough of it just a few years back. Yeah, my only reservation on the DS version of DQ4 uh, is the North American version doesn't have the translated party chat, which I think adds a fair bit to the game. Mm, import the European version. Yeah, the phone version also has it, if you're willing to go that way. That's kind of team handheld. We'll pretend it's team handheld. <laughs> but, uh... It's yeah, Dragon... in your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's in the palm of your hand. Dragon Quest has a history, though, of, like, really good handheld versions, because you also have, uh... DQ7 3D, I would say, is the best version of that game. Uh, DQ8, like, there's some compromises, but I would say that overall you get more than you'd lose when you play I that. I think the game. added content is more than compensates for the lack of graphical detail. Yeah, that's that's my thought process. It's like the new characters and the new subquests are all really fun. So, DQ8 is another that I would put on that list. Although, the, the new trial where you fight sewer versions of the bosses you fought is kind of mad. <laughs> Yeah, that's bonus bosses in a video game, though. I mean, there but, usually is some secret to fighting them, but I haven't figured out. Like, I think <laughs> you need to do lots of grinding to make less, the rest of them work. What were you going to say, Phil? I'm just saying, I'm, I'm actually currently playing through Dragon Quest Eight now. I actually started three or four years ago, working my way through all the Dragon Quests. I'm on Dragon Quest Eight now, so... Which yeah, version are you Uh, DS. I, it was a very tough decision. It really was because I love my good graphics, and you know when that game first came out on the PlayStation Two, uh, I still and I think it, it looks great. It looks awesome. It holds up so well because of the you know the, the way they went about it. Um, and I know going to DS version wasn't going to have the you know quite the graphic fidelity, but there was the additional content. But ultimately, what sold me on it was again hashtag Team Handheld. I had played the other Dragon. Well, the first year I played on the computer through emulation, but. <laughs> The bigger ones, uh, four, 
you know, four, five, and six, uh, and seven, I had all played in handheld. And having that again, just having it on the go, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, didn't do me too many favors for seven, but for the prior ones, I felt like it did really good. Uh, if so only it, there it, were a Switch version. Oh, that'd be yeah. beautiful. With like all the graphical detail plus some. Come on, Square Enix, print that money out. You know you wanna. You're putting DQ11 on there. You can put the other ones. No one will stop you. Come on, do it, Nintendo. Or uh, Square Enix, Squeenix, whatever. Well, Nintendo will probably do localization duties because Square doesn't ever publish their games anymore because they're cheap. Yeah, they, they, they're doing 11 for now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, like. I think that eight in particular benefits from being on handheld because it's such a it's such a long game that uh, you really want that ability to like. I've been enjoying this, but I I just need to set this aside for a minute and go do something else because I don't have all the time that this game is going to need. <sighs> but, yeah, uh, to go back to the uh, question. That brought us to this. Like anything, anything else handheld we can think of that uh, was a game we desperately wanted as a child. I can think of something that I had wanted that was ultimately given to me in handheld form. What about something you wanted but never was received because it never existed to begin with? Oh, I, I've talked about canceled games too many times here. Uh, <laughs> I, I but, could say know. like the sequel to Golden Sun, Dark Dawn. <laughs> Oh, was there, was there a hint at a sequel to Dark Dawn? I never played Dark Dawn, no. so I do not know. Um, they said that if there was enough demand, that they'd look into doing one, but apparently there wasn't. So. <laughs> That's a shame. And uh, they've more or less become like slaves to making Mario Tennis games for the eternity. I mean, they were they were kind of halfway there, even at the time Dark Dawn happened. They, they seemed to be just fine making Mario sports games forever. But, uh... I was going to say, uh, he mentions, Budai mentioned in his question, uh, he was talking about having seen Nintendo uh, in Nintendo Power Star Ocean 1. And I remember playing Star Ocean 2 and desperately wanting to play the first one because I really liked Star Ocean 2. And then that was finally given to me in the form of a PSP game. Which is Star Ocean to play. <laughs> Star Ocean First Departure is a really good game, and I fully recommend it. Go team I handle. don't recommend you play till the end of time, though. <laughs> or oh, or mm. last two. Yeah, don't don't bring up those two games. They're cursed. Five is fine. You can play that. The series goes one, two, probably Blue Sphere five. I've never played Blue Sphere and can't speak for it. It's like the battle systems in three and four are fine, but the rest of it's not fine. <laughs> Listen, the worst that your main character's name is in. Star Ocean, the worst time you're going to have. So when you have names like Fate, Lion God, and Edge Maverick, steer clear. Listen, that's all I have to say. Like, just just be careful. Like, Claude and Roddick? No, those are fine. Those are names. I think the only game that tries produced that's worse than those two is uh, um, Infinite Undiscovery. Oh, uh, that poor game. You fought the man in the moon, though. <laughs> That's a plot point. The literal man in the moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Five's main character also has a perfect like a name. It's Fidel Camus. Like that's just a name. Like that's fine. I'll uh, give you I'll give you a good portable game I wish existed but does not yet. What? Persona five on the Switch. 
if we're gonna do if we're going into things that like didn't haven't even been hinted at existing, I'm gonna Persona say Persona Five, 5 Golden. <laughs> Persona Five Crimson and uh Oh, what's the other one? Oh, Skies of Arcadia on Switch. Put that there. You can't you can't stop me from requesting that every single week. No one has that power. I think I do. You okay. don't. I can edit. You don't it. have. I can edit it out of every show. You are not. You are Unlimited far too saga. <laughs> okay, that's Switch. fair. I can't believe Unlimited Saga is coming to the Switch just because of the monkey's paw. I would play that. I would purchase. I would that. too. I would play. I would the heck die. Out of it. I would do it. I would die. I remember, like, hey, behind the scenes, no, listeners. Me and Wheels became friends because we were both in an IRC chat trying to work out how on earth you were supposed to play Unlimited Saga. Yep. True story. For reality, put, put it's, I don't revolve on the switch. In, I'll play that. In case you're wondering, no, we did not figure it out. Yeah, we have never yet. We like we are both still ambitious to one day try, but we have never yet worked it out, and it's been many years. It's a mystery <laughs> to everyone. I have seen I have seen like YouTube guides, and they are the most impossible to interpret thing imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Phil. So what you're saying is Unlimited Saga is an Eldritch Book of Secrets. It is a little bit, yeah. But, uh, Phil? Phil? Yes? The uh, save transfer tool is on the I was just, 3DS eShop. It's already downloaded. Okay. It's already, it's already there. I was going to tell you. I was going to wait till we got to Monster Hunter segment. Um, you know, what's really awesome, uh, you know, is that we do live in an age with, especially with the Switch, that we have so many great games now in the palm of our hand in one way, shape, or, or form, especially if you're... You know, you're a collector like me. You have a 3DS and, and you know a Vita and everything else. There's just so many good RPGs, dungeon crawlers, uh, and a number of them. I do feel that I would like to see a little bit more representation from, let's say, the action RPGs. We saw a couple of those come mm. out here and there, um, but you know, with especially since newer handhelds do have the analog, you know, stick. The Switch has them on the left and the right side. Uh, the 3DS has that little nub, which probably isn't the best thing in the world. But uh, but we are going to get a little bit of our wish fulfillment with Diablo 3 coming to the Switch uh, here. I've been watching previews of that. That looks super awesome. And I know that can be a super compelling experience because I really enjoyed uh, action RPGs on the PlayStation 2. I mean, there were like six or seven or eight of them back in the day. And you had like X-Men Legends and Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Champions of Norath and Baldur's Gate. Um, unfortunately, you know, roughly half of those were pretty mediocre quality, but I still got a lot of mileage out of them because the idea of just being able to lay on my couch and, and play those, it was super fun. So I can just imagine having it in the palm of my hand and going back to that argument of something you could do in 20 minute, you know, 20 minute chunks, 10 minute chunks here or there. Well, that's Diablo three, right? Sometimes you just want to fire off a quick, you know, do a quick, uh, rift or whatever, a random dungeon, grab your loot and sign off. And I've done that on my PC here and there, but if I've got time to game on my PC, I'm generally going to go for a bigger, larger, newer, you know, game. Diablo 3 was new about five years ago. Mm. But on handheld? Yeah, yeah yes, I'd please. like to go back and keep... Yeah, go back, keep working on my character, because I've always wanted to go back and work on my Diablo character some more. It's just, you know, Mike, Mike and I have talked about this before. When you flop on the couch <laughs> and you're firing up your PlayStation 4, you probably don't want to go back and play a seven-year-old game. You want to play, the, you know, Monster Hunter World or Persona Five or Destiny. that one, Destiny. Also, Couch Co-op is back. Yes. Yeah. Finally back, baby. And, yeah. and doesn't seem to compromise the frame rate any. Uh, yeah. 
I was going to say, if you want like a Diablo-ish game now, you should play the game that I just streamed this past Friday. Victor Vran Overkill Edition. Victor oh, Vran. yeah. That looked real fun, actually. Yeah. It's, it was uh, time to play the game. Very much more over the top than Diablo 3. Like, uh, guitars for weapons and stuff, but... <laughs> Leo's got real obsessed when he yeah. found a guitar to use. I mean, th- it's basically I was, a trauma game. <laughs> I was I was playing the. They have a expansion based around Motorhead, so I was playing that, and that was cool. I'm uh, not sure how the main campaign plays. It's probably. I mean, I'm sure it plays similar. It's it probably plays as, like Victor Brand. Yeah, maybe just not as uh, absurd. But yeah, that's that's a more actiony one than even Diablo three. That. Uh, it has jumping for the Switch. It has Ghostlight said they were going to do some JRPG porting products, projects to the Switch, so maybe some of them will be action RPGs. That would be cool. I mean, we already got uh, what was that mediocre Shining game? Shining, uh, Shining Resident something Resident what in the Shining, I don't know. Shining Resident Three Frame. Yeah. Uh, 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 Tales of Vesperia Definitive coming to Switch. It's actiony. Just uh, fight man's in that. And not an action RPG, but hey, we're getting Pillars of Eternity 2 on Switch, which should be cool. Oh yeah, I just remembered another action RPG. Dark Souls Remastered, coming yep. in October. Yeah, we finally have a date for that. Uh, you know, it'd be really cool is if somehow they could fit Skyrim into... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> huh, that seems familiar <laughs> somehow. Yeah. You know, you know it would be a really good action RPG series that would be like a perfect fit for the Switch. Uh, it's this uh, niche series from Capcom. I think it's called uh, Monster Hunter or something. Oh, man. Huh. Really? I can't I've, imagine them I've, managing to pull it off. I've never heard of that before. What's it about, Mike? Uh, I think it's about hunting um, But you're uh, actually monsters. a monster. It's, it's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that eats the, the things. It's like it's like those really bad uh, parody hunting games for the PC from the mid '90s, Deer Avenger. <laughs> oh, Let's all talk about Deer Avenger canon and how the main character of that official name was Bambo. <laughs> wow, that's information you have to live with now. I, I think I died a little. You have to live with that. There were five of these things. Who played them? Did you play that? That sounds worse than any Cabela game. Imagine living in a world where, like, you had sitting on your shelf Dear Avenger 4 of the Redneck Strike Back. I would hate myself. Like, someone walks into someone walks into your room and you try to cover it up like they've just found something that you shouldn't have in your room. <laughs> Who made these? This was made by a company called Hypnotics and published by Simon & Schuster Interactive. They should be ashamed of themselves. Listen, you had a lot of options for really bad video games you could buy in the Office Max. <laughs> uh, Office I think Simon & Schuster Interactive technically owned... Uh, they own a company... Uh, the, did they own Parody Interactive? I need to understand if this was true. Uh, no, they seem to have been owned by the learning company. I'm sad now. Parody Interactive made such awful games as Pissed, which was a parody of Mist, starring John Goodman for some reason. Did it really? Yeah, he he sings a song for it, just called I'm Pissed. 
John. John. <laughs> it's really, really bad. They wanted to make a sequel called Driven, the sequel to Pissed. <sighs> this is what we live in. You have to live with this. If I don't regurgitate video game trivia, no one wants to hear I'll die. I'm, I'm pissed. sorry. I'm pissed now. It's great. Like he, like the entire song, he just occasionally shouts, I'm pissed. You should put that at the end of this episode. Let's move on to the next question before God, I die. Good man. Oh, well, before man. that, I need to go because it's getting late. Okay. Uh, sure. Good talk. Yeah, I work in the morning. Thank you for joining us, Godspeed. sir. Well, I'm I'll see you again hopefully next week and we can talk about Dragon Quest some more. <laughs> I can't complain too much. I'll have been at PAX. But yeah. uh, I'll try to, I'll try to like, have Skype open on my phone that night so we can maybe mm-hmm. uh, I can ch- jump in for a little bit. But um, otherwise, uh, you can check me out on places like uh, RP Grinders, my own podcast that I've been doing for like pretty much a little bit over nine years now. Out of the ten that's been around, nice. your, your your podcast will kill us all. So yes, um, and then there's my little side project I've been doing about the Mega Man retrospectives I've been doing leading up to the release of Mega Man 11, which I'm anticipating. So when are you playing Mega Man Extreme? <laughs> oh dear! So we're, we're, we are going to cover the X Games or the first half of the X Games tomorrow. So are you covering Wily and Lights Rockboard? That's Paradise. <laughs> no. What about Mega we Man Soccer? We're only, cover, we're only really covering games that we mainly played. Uh, Mega Man Two: The Power Fighters. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. I really want another Mega Man Soccer game. Can someone make that happen? Why? Why well, do you that's want not it? bad. <laughs> you mean... I played a ton of that game when I was a kid. I'm sorry. I played a ton of Duck Dodgers on the Super Nintendo. I didn't mean it didn't suck. Uh, otherwise, there's my Patreon. Like, You can uh, support me for the reviews I write on sites like uh, Boston Bash Brigade and TotalEGN.com and VogNetwork.com. One day but, uh, Floyd and I will contribute yes. to that. I- just look to look up Eric Kelly, and they'll find. Because I'm sure there aren't very many of me, and it'll say something about writing reviews. Got to be. But until then, see you guys later. See ya. Okay. I just remembered he sent a Monster Hunter question on Twitter that I would be remiss not to use. First, we have to also uh, take a brief stop off and being as polite as we can to a fellow staff member. <laughs> we because do? They were, uh, yes, because, for example, uh, someone asked about Bravely, and that is very handheld. Oh. What with Mr. Cunningham's What's the question? Uh, this is from Strawberry Eggs. Speaking of Tokyo Game Show, what would you like to see there? As for me, the Bravely Twitter recently announced uh, slash teased that there's something coming in soon, and even changed their name from Bravely Second to Bravely Blank. Actually, five empty circles, but I think that's the equivalent meaning. I'm super hoping that this will be a new game on Switch, and not either a for-the-sequel version of Bravely Second or a port of both games. I'll take whatever comes, though. I know I'm encouraging more dumping upon one of my most favorite series, but eh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, listen. What was what was Mr. Cunningham's opinion on Bravely Default? I don't actually know. 
Well then, let us speak in the spirit of Team Handheld and say that as long as you are enjoying, we will not dump, we will not rain on your parade. I hope that you get your bravely third. Uh, yes, we won't bravely depart on your good times. Bravely depart. Even, even <laughs> in, okay. I cannot finish a sentence without be, without being hostile. I can't. I, don't understand I can't do okay, it. Okay, no, no. I can't do what it. What do you want? It, okay, what do I want at Tokyo Game Show? Dragon Quest XI Switch has been hinted at that it might show up. Uh. Frickin' Persona 5 Crimson, do it. Uh, or Shin Megami Tensei 5, that might show up as well. I would like uh, to see those at teach, and those are handheld. So the one um, I uh, I still think is a thing that's going to happen is Monster Hunter 5. That's what I think may show up you at think TGS. They'll call it? You might... think they'll call it that? Yes. Yes, I think they are going to do a Monster Hunter 5. I think it's going to be on Switch. And I think they'll possibly continue Monster Hunter World as its own separate thing. Sort of uh, like how they do with Frontier? Yeah, that's kind of my prediction. I can't get over the fact that there are still expansions of Monster Hunter Frontier. Like, that game keeps happening. Yeah. There's also a different Monster Hunter Online that's only available in China. That's weird. But, yeah, I think they're going to do another Monster Hunter on Switch, and... I think it's only natural since the last number title was on the, the 3DS that they do five on the Switch. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I think it should still be like a um, based on the same engine as World because they've made so many good additions there, or at least use all those additions. But um, I yeah, should point it's... out that World is actually built on the MT framework engine that uh, Capcom actually used for its Xbox 360 and PS3 games. Oh, wow. At the time it would have entered development, it made sense. They still had not even begun it. work on what the Capcom's current engine for their next-gen games tends to be the uh, engine that was developed for RE7. Uh. So, like, DMC5 is in the RE engine. But, uh, yeah, so, like, porting in aspects of World onto a Switch game is not exactly, like... Certainly, MT Framework has been updated for Monster Hunter World, but the concept of porting MT Framework to, uh... to, uh, Switch, I think, has actually already been done, because Resident Evil Revelations 2 came out on Switch, and I believe that's in Framework. Hmm. So... It would not be out of the question for them to... Yeah. Revelations 2 was in the framework engine. And, I mean, it would not be out of the question to, like, take aspects of the updates made to that engine for Monster Hunter World and port them to the Switch version. Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's just the thing. I don't think they're going to give us, like, a downgraded world. They're not going to do portable world. Right. So I think doing a 5 would make it uh, seem as important as it probably will be to them and and they can make it its own thing and uh, especially yeah. given how the switch is selling in Japan yeah <laughs> and hopefully it could fix Phil and I's biggest issue with world which is the lack of variety in the monsters might get more than you know Five different monsters that are reskinned into five yeah. different colors, or like twelve different new fire-based monsters, because everything seems to be fire-based. Yoga Inferno. Like I, I understand it's a new engine, and that there's not going to be a lot of variety there, but uh, 
I don't think they did a great job of monster selection for World. <sighs> no, it's 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 been a great way to get new people into the series. It's great. It's just um It's just like those friends that I got into it aren't still playing it for a reason. Yeah. Because once you get to a certain point there, it's just it it feels like you're just rinsing and repeating over and over. And don't get me wrong, totally got my sixty dollars and all my friends felt like they got their sixty dollars worth out of that game. And if there was a Monster Hunter World 2 and they did something to shake it up even a little bit, I think everybody would run out and get it. But um, but they're not currently playing it. And the way that they're releasing extra monsters and extra content, it feels like they just got the drop, the, the faucet on drip, drip. You get like one monster yeah. every month or two. We got Devil Joe and that was super exciting. And what have we had since then? And don't get me wrong, like, I recognize that even doing Devil Joe took so much work because there's so much more to the programming of Devil Joe for Monster Hunter World uh, than there is with the older Monster Hunters. There's so much more graphics going on. There's his interactions with the environments that are much more Just a lot more animation. Animation, his the the turf wars he does with just about every monster there all had to be programmed for. So I recognize that there's a ton more work put into him, but at the same time, as a player, once I've hunted him a dozen or so times, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous game. All that new stuff is really cool, but I mean, at the end of the day, if it's going to mean a smaller game than the older ones, I'll take more of the older ones. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it may just mean a, a matter of refining that engine and refining the process, and you know, obviously the original series wasn't built in a day, so, you know, we'll have to see where it goes. Uh, it's, it is, it's just, it is really good that lots of people are friendly in the series, and hopefully some of them will pick up Ultimate and be able to experience, uh, a lot of the stuff in the original series. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see we'll see what comes next. I really have a feeling something Monster Hunter related is going to be a TGS. It may just be uh the Monster Hunter stories too. I've heard rumors of. So, you've been dreaming of dreaming of and heard rumors of. Yeah. I think that game did at least in Japan did really well, so It seems like a sort of thing that would do well. I mean, we even got the anime of that over here before we even ever got the game. What? Which is Why? interesting. What? Yes. I blame Crunchyroll. Dubbed, even. What? Yes, dubbed. Okay, no, um, I'm going to go over here right now. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of much else that I'm really wanting and actually expecting at TGS. So, you know, I can I can do pie in the sky wish lists. Sure. I mean, what you really want me to go pie in the sky? Give me one pie in the sky wish, just one. Uh Like oh. we know they're not doing this, but the FF7 remake another trailer for it. Mm. Uh, totally going back to real quick uh, a take back on the a go back actually on the Dragon oh, Quest backtrack. thing. Yeah, backtrack off the Dragon Quest chit chat <laughs> and a Michael a Michael Cunningham point of view. 
Mike always liked the Dragon Quest series, and I remember him talking about one of the reasons he liked it was if you had a, a party wipe, instead of getting a game over screen, you just simply got resurrect, auto-resurrected back at the temple with half your gold, but you kept all of your experience points. And mm-hmm. since you could put your gold, you know, the bigger bulk of your gold in a you bank. Put it in the safe. Yeah, you really weren't losing all that much. And he's like, you know, he was basically like, I'm too old and impatient to deal with games where when you wipe out a dungeon, you lose 20 minutes of progress, 30 minutes of progress, or whatever. Uh, Life's too short. Life's too short. Interesting thing about Dragon Quest VIII, one of the reasons it's better than the the PS2 version is you do have suspension saves that you can abuse. I just got wiped out by the mole boss, but of course I was smart enough to save right before said mole boss, so I don't even have to lose half my gold and run all the way back through the dungeon again. I just reload and I'm right there. So go team handheld. Yeah, and I mean that version in general, just having the quicker load times, I think, saves so much time because that was that game could get to be a slog on the PS2. The load times were not good. Mhm. Yeah, it was. It slowed the game. We'll put it that way. Yeah. All right. What's the Monster Hunter stuff? Oh yes. Let me do. Uh, We've still got other questions. I guess we will have to come back to them. Yeah, we'll circle back to them. Um, I just wanted to do Eric's question while I was thinking about it. Uh, he just okay. It was just he wanted to ask our opinions on Generation U, considering Gen wasn't regarded as highly as Four and World, um, and. Not to I know pi- Wheels was furious about us. <laughs> yes, not to pimp our other show, but we have discussed this on multiple occasions on The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, specifically in the most recent episode, uh, episode 7, um, where I talked a lot about my, and I think the, the episode previous to that, I talked a lot about my experiences with uh, Generations, and it's kind of a love-hate relationship, like it's got issues, it's got things I don't like, I don't like after four it was hard to play that after four which had a great story this great single player experience and this is kind of a game that just poops you into a bunch of towns it's like here kill some monsters or something it's you only bought this because you already like monster hunter yeah. go pay to play monster hunter. generations is is it, it's a bunch of stuff from the entire series mashed into a game with a few new features and for any sort of thing like that, it's doesn't necessarily present itself greatly as a gaming experience. Meaning, if you're new to the series or if you're going into it expecting like a full-on Monster Hunter game, you may be a little disappointed, as I was. Once you dig into it and learn that, okay, this is this is a game for fans. This is a bunch of the best monsters from the series put together with tons and tons of different weapons for you to craft and um, lots of different experiences, multiplayer, the like the whole package. This is a game celebrating the whole series. Uh, and again, like I said, it's got some problems. Like most of the early quests you do are really, 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 really boring. Like Phil and I were trying, I think, to clear out the low rank quests before the ultimate version came out and 
I believe we <laughs> both failed to because the early quests are really boring and it's kind of hard to slog through. Uh, but, I mean, I, the best way I think we summed it up on the last episode of The Hunt was there's like 80 plus monsters in Generations Ultimate as compared to like 30 something in World. Uh, so if variety is your issue with World, you're not going to have that problem with this game. Yeah, it's a really good, everything Mike said, it's a really good game to go to after you've either exhausted your, you know, yourself with four, uh, but especially if you played Monster Hunter uh, World and you found yourself, you know, wanting to fight more than fire monsters over and over again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to get into an older experience. I have some people who look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, is the graphics... Is it really that? Yes, it's an older game. Get over the graphics because the gameplay is still there. It's still super awesome. But because they are pulling from different lands uh, from the, the older Monster Hunter games, unfortunately, in doing that, it feels like a step back from Monster Hunter 4. Like in Monster Hunter 4, every time I fought a monster, you, the air the areas had verticality to them. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you're fighting, like, the spider lady, you know, she's climbing all over the web, she's all over the place, you're fighting, you know, the farting gorilla, you know, he's climbing up in the treetops and the such, or you play uh, Monster Hunter Generations, it feels like three quarters of the maps are very, very flat, uh, they're just basically flat arenas for you to fight the monster in, so if you're coming from four and you're going to Generations... Aside from the fact that the, the, the earlier quest also feels slower paced and the story, granted, story's never been a focus of Monster Hunter, but in 4 it was at least entertaining and in Generations it's non-existent. Yeah. So there are those things that definitely make it feel like a, a step back, but it has it where it counts, which is in the gameplay, the variety with the arts. Uh, you know, you not only have the 14 or 15 weapons that you have in Monster Hunter 4, but you've also got six arts for each one to fart around with. So that's what? That's almost 90 con combinations right there. Uh, that's insane. And then you have 100 different monsters to to test them all out on and to have fun with. Uh, and you can turn them into 100 different suits of armor and, and countless numbers of weapons. It's insane. So it really is that toy box you go to. There are some games like... Legend, Legend, or High, Zelda Hyrule Warriors and the such that you'll play through the story campaign, and 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 you'll get through that story and you're like, mm, that gameplay was so good. You know, I want to do the after game content. And Zelda, of course, has uh, you know, Hyrule Warriors has a ton of it, hundreds of hours, right? The way I look at it, Generations is that af is that post game content for Monster Hunter World. You know, like. You get to have Monster Hunter, you wish there was more to it, but you're just bored of fighting the same 24 monsters again, and their, quote, after, uh, whatever, after-game content is limited to just a, a drip of monsters that come out, you know, once every two months. You need Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. You're going to have so much fun. You, once you get through the slow beginning, you're going to have so much fun just tearing apart... And there's so many different kinds of monsters you don't see in, in World. You've got big ass, big, huge ass snake creature. You've got frogs. You've got dragons that that throw water bubbles at you and fly completely in a different pattern than Rathalos. The five different versions of Rathalos does. Um, you've got uh, the spider lady. You've got the salta. You got the saltas, which is just a flying insect. Nothing super special. Easy enough to kill. And I thought, ah. Oh, that was kind of a boring two-star or three-star monster. That's until I met his buddy, Sultas Queen, which is like a four or five-star 
because Princess there, I should say Queenie there, when she attacks you, she starts flying at you. And it took a while for me to soak in that the reason why she could even fly, she's this massive tank-like creature, is because she has a full-blown saltus on her back that's lifting her up and flying her around. And then they separate. And now you're fighting two creatures at once before they recombine like some sort of transformer. Like the Constructicons or something. They come together. It's freaking Power Rangers. You know, it's insane. That's the kind of cool, zany stuff you just don't get in Monster Hunter World. Uh, you know, not to mention the, the, the variety of weapons that are so, so freaking awesome. If you're tired of the fact that you're, like, I'm playing Hammer right now, Monster Hunter World PC. And every time I upgrade the hammer, it looks the same. They just put some pookie pookie feathers on it or, <laughs> you know, some Rathalo scales or something. But it's essentially the same looking hammer underneath. Whereas in this game, you know, you the weapons look really, really different. Like I, I had a light bow gun that looked like a nurse, a, a very large version of a nurse's needle. And you're just shooting bullets out of the needle. It's in, it's stupid and it's insane, but it works. There's a sword and shield. The shield is the big cat pattern. <laughs> and this, I forget what the sword had like a claw in it or something. It was cute as hell. But that's the zany <laughs> stuff. Not so much just not just the looks of these weapons are completely off the wall. And the armors, you have so many classy looking armors that'll make it look like like a, a, a jester in a court to a nobleman to an undercover MIB agent. But they also have different skills. They're, they weren't afraid in, in generations to really mix up the formula and give you weapons and armor that were completely outside the box. World plays it very close to the vest because probably for balancing issues or whatever have you. But it also makes it a bit boring. You upgrade your weapon and woohoo, it's got 40 more attack power. How exciting is that? You know, but but in, gen, in, in in generations, you'll find some really insane weapons, like a weapon that has a sliver of like purple sharpness, which is higher than the normal highest of highs, but it wears out very quickly. However, if you roll around and dodge, it resharpens without a whetstone. Like, <laughs> that's insane. It's stupid, but that's the kind of stuff they were willing to do in the game. You see it even with the G-Rake monsters. Mike and I scream like little girls when we fought Voltrex. If you see Voltrex, if you just go to Twitch, uh, twitch.com forward slash rpgamer, watch our, our playthrough of the Monster Hunter Generations demo. That monster is effing insane. Okay? No no Monster Hunter World Pro player would ever want to touch that guy with the 10-foot pole. But they put this in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate because after you've killed monsters over and over, you've worked your way all the way up to G rank, you're ready for a little insane. This thing's got jet packs underneath its wings. I don't think I'm ever going to be ready to fight that thing. <laughs> it's, you're, you got this, Mike. You got this. It's, we, we, we got this. Rocket Dragon, uh, I'm just going to skip. No rocket dragon. We, we totally got rocket I can't believe you're the kind of coward who would run away from something labeled a rocket dragon. Uh, that's what I'm labeling it anyway. Yes, but that's the point is, someone labeled it a rocket dragon, and you would be enough of a coward to run from that challenge. I, I was up for the challenge, and then it destroyed us, and now I'm you not. Think you, you think <laughs> you know your co-host, and then this happens. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, so I just, I think, you know, having it on the Switch, one of the things that I really loved about playing uh, Monster Hunter 3 with Michael, uh, spoiler, it wasn't the water combat, 
Well, one of the things I really enjoyed was I played on my DS, and on the DS it would have like lower resolution. You know, it's a DS graphics. It looked fine yeah, for a DS. Yeah, yeah, it's a DS, 3DS game, and it's fine for what it was. But then when I would upload my character and then play the 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 the, the Wii U, having it on the big screen with higher resolution and what appeared to be like slightly cleared up graphical effects and the such, it was just really, really awesome. And it was kind of cool. It kind of showed me the value, one of the cool, you know, show me the value of number one, being able to take Monster Hunter on the go again and being able to play that. And then, but then being able to put it back at number two, being able to put it on the TV and seeing the big screen and having your beer out and talking with your friends and playing it on a big screen. Like I've done Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate with Mr. Apps on the 3DS on a weekend and that's okay, but you know what? When I'm on a Sunday night and I've actually got my friends on a headset, you want to play something at least that's on your beautiful big television that you bought. <laughs> you know, so the, the Switch does all of that, so it's super exciting. So yeah, it would have been probably cooler if we had Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, but don't sell yes, Generation yes. Ultimate <laughs> short. While it doesn't have the game and it doesn't have the verticality and some of the levels it has, it does somewhat, maybe not fully, but somewhat makes up for it with even a greater variety of monsters and a greater variety of ways to take them down thanks to the the hunter arts. So, you know, glass half empty, glass half full thing. I mean, it's it's still Monster Hunter, and that means that you guys will still go for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. That's true. Uh, and I'm actually playing a good example of the variety on stream right now. It's a giant hermit crab, so... Ah, crab. Yes. And, the hermitar. You know, it, you, yeah, there are a lot of like flat levels in Generations, but I, another thing that bothered me about World is just the lack of hunting grounds. Like, yes, they're beautiful. Yes, they're pretty darn large, but um, kind of got sick of seeing them after a while. <laughs> Especially like the coral reef one. Yeah, yeah. It just—they're um, beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're huge. But they had to put so much time into making it. There just wasn't. There wasn't uh, enough resources or time to, to do a big variety of them. I would love I would love for there to be a Monster Hunter World Ultimate if they just had like three more lands and twice as many monsters. Yeah. I would even start a character over again. I'd be okay with that. Um, <laughs> just to just to experience that. That would be so so awesome. And I would I would fork down 40 50 bucks for it. No problem. Um gener- generations does I will say like I played a lot of 4, and I mentioned to Mike that I did feel that 4 suffered a little bit from that. I felt like 4 could have used more areas. There was one area that they basically recycled and put lava in it, and I felt that was kind of lazy, where you don't really have that problem with... That's another glass half-full thing. Generations Ultimate does have a lot of flat-looking lands, but they are at least a lot of different lands because they're taken from a lot of different games. And if you have played the older games, they'll bring you back some some memories from from those older games but even if you haven't just the fact that like in the first three stars four stars i've been to so many different lands now hunting these different monsters down it's it's pretty cool it at least shakes things up and keeps it feeling a little fresher yeah Mm -hmm. and it is interesting to go back and see like the early bits of the series too 
Yeah, it's been a while since they've done a new version of any of those. So. Yeah. And this is better than going back and playing the Wii version like Wheels once did of uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah, well, the good thing about that was you weren't forced to um, use the right control stick to do attacks. So that's is still the best Magical. version. This is still the best version of one. <laughs> but really, you're you're better off just uh, playing the one sections of Ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. And and probably the other the other thing is like hey it, it's it's what we got now uh, let's let's show let's show Capcom uh, that we really love Monster Hunter games let's go out and get it it's what your friends are going to be playing if they're hardcore into Monster Hunter it's what Mike and I is going to be playing and hey you know that that's saying something so Some Mike guy yeah so go <laughs> and, and grab it play it with your friends get into it um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun heck yeah. You might be able to play it with your favorite RP gamer editors. That's, yeah. that's absolutely true. We would be more than happy to do that. We should arrange some play sessions with the community. A good old hunting party. Yeah. I suspect we'll probably be ahead of many of them since... Uh, I'm sure Isn't that the nature of Monster Hunter, though? Well, I mean, <laughs> because you can transfer your save from... 3DS generations, which obviously Phil and I have been playing and leveling up, and uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are just going to jump into this never having played the 3DS game. Mm-hmm. So, but it's also like it's it's kind of Monster Hunter tradition to have a more experienced player explain to you how on earth this video game works. It's so. true. And it's also tradition, uh, from what I've seen online, is uh, high rank players will be happy to wander into your game, help you trounce a hard monster. And, and then yeah. wander back in. And be super Mike, super pleasant as they do so. Yeah. Yeah, Mike and I saw that when we were playing Monster Hunter 4, we just had these high rank people come in and kill Spider Witch for us and all of that. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> just like totally wreck these monsters. I mean, maybe they're grinding materials, low rank materials they need for something. I don't know. But, I mean, it was great. It's a good yeah. time. It's like. There's nothing wrong with them doing that. No, I mean, not at all. It's a community experience. Yeah. I've always had positive experiences playing online for the most part. Um, see, there was another question on Twitter as well from Lowell Whoops, uh, who says, what are the general play styles of weapons in Monster Hunter? Like, hard-hitting but slow-moving or attacking? Please give tips for weapons and play styles so the less than good among us can be ready for Monster Hunter Switch. Oh, such a great question, because the answer is, there's all kinds! Pretty that's, much. <laughs> that's the beauty of the game. Like, if you if you want a faster, you know, hard, you know, a faster, quicker experience where you're dodging all the time, Dark Souls styles, you got that with weapons like the, the Dual Blades and the Insect Glaive. If you want to, if you want something that's a little more deliberate, where you pick and choose your shots, uh, you got, you know, the Great Sword and the Hammer, um, if you're a more defensive player that doesn't like to dodge because you're just not fast enough, stick with the lance or the gun lance or the charge blade. Um, and that's on a scale with the charge blade. But that you know, there's just that's what's really awesome about this game. There's 14 different weapons, and one of the one of the really cool things about this is that this isn't just a brand new game that's come out with 14 different weapons. This this is a series that has been evolving, you know, over a decade. So when Monster Hunter Four and Monster Hunter Generations came out, and later on Monster Hunter World, 
they already had these weapons pretty well balanced and feeling awesome. When you're swinging a greatsword, you can feel the weight with every swing. It throws your character off balance a little bit, but it feels so natural. Uh, when you're zipping around with the with the dual blades, it's fast, it's slick, and it's responsive. There is also, if you're more of a, a range person, you like to play like uh, third-person shooters and such, you've got the light bow gun, the heavy bow gun, uh, and the regular bow, and each of those kind of handles a little bit differently, so you can kind of toy around with all three and figure out which one feels best for you. But yeah, for you shooter fans there, absolutely go for it. Um, but yeah, there's something there for, for everyone. Then on top of that, there's six different styles. Like one of the styles is the aerial style, which gives no matter which weapon you're using, gives you the ability to, to hop around a little bit more. Normally, only the insect glaive allows the character to basically pull vault up into the air. Other characters got to hope that there's a ledge nearby they can jump off on and get onto the monster, maybe to attack him on the back so they can mount him for extra damage and knock him out for a bit. Mm-hmm. The, the One of the weaknesses that we mentioned before with Generations, though, is it's very vertical. So you don't have nearly as many ledges. But the aerial style kind of makes up for it because if you do the roll the right way and press the jump button, you'll jump up at the air. And if you're hitting the monster even during that short jump with a, with an attack as you're coming down, it, it counts as what the game considers uh, mounting damage. And once you've done enough mounting damage, your character automatically mounts the monster and tries to topple him over through a mini game. Um mm-hmm. So that's just one of the six different styles. There's styles that focus on defense and proper timing of dodges. Uh, There's another style that just gives you uh, lots of slots to put special skills into that you power up by connecting hits on the monster. And then you cut loose with these big moves for extra damage or they could be self buffs or whatever. There's a lot of customization there. And that's not even getting into the depth of of, of all the armor skills, the charms, and the decorations that you can put to activate different skills on your character. Monster Hunter uh, 4 and Monster Hunter Generations are incredibly deep games. If you played Monster Hunter World and you thought that its skill system you know, was deep with its mix and match armor set system and stuff that it had going on there and the, and the decorations you could slot in, wait till you get your hand on these guys here. You, you'll, you'll definitely you'll definitely feel like you've entered the next level. Uh, but that's where the awesomeness comes in at. You can find out, you can kind of do what plays best for you. And it's one of the things I love about the Monster Hunter series. I don't like Dark Souls. I feel like Dark Souls, your only way to beat monsters in that game is to get good. Yes, you can armor up <laughs> and it's necessary and all that jazz. But at the end of the day, when it comes to those boss fights, if you're not good, you're dead. Regardless of your gear or your play style, you have to get good. Um, whereas in Monster Hunter, it's a combination. You can definitely, like when I fought, when I get to tougher monsters in Monster Hunter, I'll just go back, find some weaker monsters, grind up some good armor from them, put some armor spheres into it. Or maybe if I'm having trouble with a poisoning monster, I'll go back and see if I can build a set that gives me immunity to poison. I'm more of a defensive player and an RP gamer, so I look to see what skills I can pick up by mixing and matching these things. Sometimes it's just doing a different weapon. And that can make an encounter for me completely, you know, different in terms of difficulty. That's not something that's easy to do necessarily in, in Dark Souls. It's not like you can go, oh, I switched to Sword and Shield, and now I can block the attacks a lot more effectively, and I don't have to dodge as much, and I'm able to carve this creature. But you can do that in, in Monster Hunter. It really lets you play the game your way, which I think mm-hmm. is at the core of what makes RPGs super fun. Whether it's decisions I'm making in the story, 
or it's being able to to come up with my own strategies, my character in terms of armor and gear and weapons and skills in order to take on these big bad bosses. That's what makes it awesome. But we could spend hours, hours talking about just the differences and giving you tips and tricks. Uh, So if you have specific questions, let us know and listen to the hunt stories from uh, Monster Hunter because we'll be reading a lot of those and talking about a lot of those there. Um, I could also tell you what I did was I, there's a lot of great YouTube videos out there by people like Rurakan and, uh, and I'm blanking on the second name that I watched a lot at the moment. But there's so many good YouTube videos, weapon tutorials and the such. Once you found a weapon that you like, I encourage you to find the weapon tutorial videos for it. The game does have like a hunter's guide in it where you can go in and look up combos but it's really hard to keep opening that back up then going and trying it and seeing how it works out watching the videos while you have your ds open or your switch i should say and you're playing through them and trying them yourself can really help out especially with some of the more complicated weapons like this like the the switch blade is that what it's called charge blade charge Charge blade blade. charge blade's a little different yeah charge blade and switch axe switch axe switch axe Yeah. yeah But with the, with the charge blade, there's particular uh, button combinations that you need to pull off in order to to store store its its energy charge in a shield, for example, as opposed to uh, using it to blow up a monster's head. So uh, watching those videos can really help you learn those things. And don't even get into like the crafting system. I watch videos for all of that. Mm-hmm. It's just, <laughs> unfortunately, one of Monster Hunter Generation's weaknesses is it does a horrendous job of tutorializing the the things that you need to know to play play the game if you're coming off of monster hunter world you're somewhat ready hopefully you fart around with things like cooking food and combining to some of the bigger potions i have played with some friends of monster hunter world who never bothered to put together uh in a, a hard armor potion or whatever the hell it's called or the powder uh d- didn't even know about the armor charms so if you're really if you really were if your only experience of monster hunter world was like you build a couple of things of armor and you just you never bother with the crafting system or the cooking. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna want to watch the tutorials, you know, online, uh, you know, for those things. Because, because in Monster Hunter World, those things really do become more, more necessary. <laughs> they really do, <laughs> especially when you're fly, fighting flying jets. You want your buffs and your powders and everything yeah. else. You want every advantage you can get. So. But yeah, yeah, my, my biggest, my best quick, 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 quick Q&A answer would be check out some some YouTube videos to start getting into it, especially if you didn't dive deep into Monster Hunter World systems. Yeah, sounds, sounds good to me. Uh, you could really lose yourself in like hours and hours of, of digging into this game too. So uh, yeah, prepare yourself for that as well. Yeah, it's definitely lots and lots of hours. But I think uh, you know having all switch is really cool because you can do a couple of hunts here and then go on to your regular full-time RPG or whatever. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, it kind of brings up uh, something that Mike and I actually talked ourselves into yeah. on the on the Hunt podcast. So I don't know about Mike, but I already had it pre-ordered at Amazon because I got twenty percent off there, so I was going to save you know twelve bucks. Yeah. But in talking it out with Mike and 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 the kind of dive into a sidebar on my my experiences with Hyrule Warriors, I decided to cancel the pre-order and just buy the digital edition because with these pick up and play games like Hyrule Warriors, so I bought Hyrule Warriors digitally for that reason. Having played on the Wii U, 
I just knew it's that game that you go back to and you knock out a quick run here and there. And 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 to go and find the cartridge every time you want to do that is it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, I'm lazy. Hashtag first world problems. I don't want to look for the little cartridge and put in that little thing. I usually got like, you know, a big RPG sitting in there or something. So, uh, yeah, we didn't have any We got the digital one that way. It doesn't matter if we've got Octopath Traveler, you know, sitting in that slot as our go-to. I'm going to spend three hours tonight and knock some of this out game. Um, we can quickly load up. Oh, hey, Phil, you're online? Great. Yeah, let's pull up Monster Hunter. I don't yeah. have to be like, uh, let me get out, you know, and try to find this tiny little cartridge in my drawer and pop it in. And, yeah, nope, I can just take hit right into the menu there. Yeah, I found this to be really good for multiplayer games, and often I will end up playing those games more just because I already have them on there, like, say, Destiny. Just not having to go find the disc and just being able to pull it up and play for a bit whenever you feel like it um, really lends itself well to these types of games. Uh, Whereas, you know, something like Octopath Traveler or something like that, I'm more willing to go and find the cart and put it down because oftentimes I'm going to be playing it for a long time to begin with. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Now, if they would just get... If they would just activate the damn digital download already, that would be swell. Will's just waiting for this uh, for this to end so that he can end the podcast. <laughs> well, I, a, a quick Google search seems to indicate it's probably not going to be live until uh, around like noon, noon tomorrow. Noon tomorrow, yeah. It seems to be standard Nintendo procedure. So, yeah. That, that is why I'm currently streaming the Japanese version. God bless Mike. <laughs> We're playing the God Japanese version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's definitely got more patience than I ever will. He tried to talk me into that shiz. I did. I did because I didn't. didn't You're did not a think, criminal. I did not think. Well, I did not think we were gonna get it, and it was. Uh, wanted some multiplayer buddies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is one thing I am. I want to check out once. Uh, it does go live. Is I want to see if there's any chance my Japanese save will work on the English version. Highly likely. It's nice green, isn't it? Yeah, it's about a 99.9999999999% chance it won't, but you never know. I think you've gone past the point of a single precision float. You're unlikely here. It's fine. It's all fine. He can dream. It's yeah. all about dreaming. Don't let him dream. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> all right. So I'm thinking maybe we do one more, one or two more questions, and then call it a night. That sound good. That sounds fair. Actually, we only have one or two more questions. <laughs> How fitting. Yeah. Um. Actually, this one kind of seems inappropriate at the moment, so let's save that one. Yeah, we will be back for your question. Yes. Uh, so the last one is from the walking dude who says, "I've been playing the Atelier. Did I say that right? Atelier. Yeah, close Atelier. enough. Atelier series. No, no one can stop you. And I can't get over the mispronunciation of the title words. It's Atelier, not Atelier. Uh, what mispr- 
mispronunciation or translation error have annoyed you the most? Um, whoever, whoever uh, in Sega, when they released Ys on the Master System, decided to put a hyphen between the Y and S. They didn't put a hyphen, they put a, they a put dash. Whatever. Whatever they put there has haunted me for years. You love Ys. My favorite thing that they did, like, they were real bad about that on the Master System, because they turned Monopoly into two words. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Don't you love Monopoly? Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly. Single many. Well, this sounds like uh, it's, it, it's if you get riled up by mispronunciations, uh, this sounds like a great time to plug the RPG Backtrack podcast, <laughs> where I specialize... Oh. In slaughtering names, it doesn't matter. It's all it's all fair game. I if there's a way to slaughter it, I will find a way. It's true. He's he's not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed I'm, it. I'm a little scared. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently like puttering around grinding in Yakuza Six, so I'm going to bring up the dub of Yakuza One, which uh, <laughs> has some has some pronunciations going on. I haven't I haven't seen it, but I've heard stories. They're not. It's not great. It's not worth your time. Please don't play it. Do play Yakuza Kiwami 2 out tomorrow as well. Sorry, I had to do a little of my own plugging. It's okay. It's all about the plugs. We're basically a free PR agency. Mm-hmm. It's all about the plug and how you plug it? No, no. Dude. Not again. And it's all about... You will not smirch the memory of Let Me Kill Mr. <laughs> Listen, ever since I played Victor Fran, I've had Triple H's theme music stuck in my head. So it's just, when I think Motorhead, I think that entrance theme. I, can't I feel like it. that's appropriate. Yeah. I have heavy debts, there's no way you can pay me. Which reminds me, I need to do some Googling and see if the version of WWE 2K18 for the Switch has been patched enough yet. That Probably not, given that they just gave up on making another. Seems likely, but it's twenty bucks on the eShop, and if it's maybe halfway somewhat playable, it may be worth. Uh, you know what? Out. That would be an excellent one to add to the earlier question of what I would like to see on the Switch. I loved playing WWE games on the PlayStation Two. Um, I and you know, being that it's one of those fighting games, you play it for you know ten minutes spurts here and there. Uh, it'd be really cool to do like uh, you know my create a wrestler career mode in that. I haven't bought one in a while. Uh, because every time I read the reviews, they've kind of gotten away from the storylines. It's, it's more about creating yeah. your own wrestler and going through like a simulated career, which sounds boring to me. I like the storyline. That's why I watch wrestling. It's drama. Yeah. You know, it's about the storyline. So I still have the PS2 games, and I go to them from time to time just to play through those again. Uh, some of those were done so well. I've got so many of them. Uh, but yeah, having those in the palm of my hand would be really cool. Yeah, that series has been kind of a mess since... Uh... They moved to next-gen consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It seems it, to happen every time they do. Except yeah. It's always a question of, do they ever recover? I I don't know at this point. I mean, it's not like it was... A, I, I don't know if they just started an engine from scratch or what, but, I mean, the games didn't change that much going to next-gen, and it's just... It's been a mess. And uh, how, have you, how have you guys learned nothing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just... Just for the love of God, just remaster No Mercy, put in some new characters, boom, you're done. 
Um, excuse me, the developers of No Mercy are very busy making uh, Style Savvy. Are they actually still... They're a different company at this point now. Though, Their right? name is different, but they're the same company, dude. Okay. Not called Aki anymore. Yeah, they are Sign Sophia. Okay, so just replace Aki Man with um, Sign Sophia Man. It's fine. It's totally fine. Ah, uh, for the days of Aki Man. Oh, good times. Good times. Um, so the other question here from the walking dude was, uh, what is the most? Hold on, I have to pause Monster Hunter and actually look at it again. Uh, what, is the, what is the most iconic monster in RPGs? For my money, it has to be Dragon Quest Slime. Uh, yeah, Slime Slime is automatically the winner. We're talking, we're discussing Ronarosa. Okay. Uh, Moogles? Uh, are that a monster? Yeah, I guess Those not. Count? Chocobo! I'm just going to talk about my favorites and just say Cactuars. Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking a lot about Cactuars the past few days, and that's because I love them. They're very important to me. Uh, I'd say the Rathalos or Rathian, whichever. It's, they, they're the same design, just color Rathalos, Rathalos is the one that always shows up in the 8 million things that have crossed over with Monster Hunter at this yeah. stage. But I think that's become pretty iconic at this point. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I really like the design too. Although it's not, I think there's cooler mon looking monsters, but it's fine. Uh, what else? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Frost. Oh uh, yeah, that that terrible little thing. Yeah, I love him, but he's a monster. Uh, but mm. uh, obviously, for fewer people, he's iconic. But I, I think it's definitely iconic. I mean, they they keep making new weird versions of him. Yeah. And the only plush one I have is the one from uh, Devil Summoner from PS2, where he's dressed. Yeah, up. Raiho. Yeah. I love Raiho. That one is pretty sweet. Uh, I'm currently playing something with no monsters in it other than, like, big buff burly dudes, but there's not really monsters, they're just dicks, so. Yeah. So. Hey, Mike, did you know it's all about the game and how you play it? Oh, no. I, I did. Do you also know it's all about control? And, uh, what the heck is the next line? <laughs> gonna take it. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> line! <laughs> Uh, I, just, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I do my best with this this Ranky Dink production. <laughs> I really, I really wish that song was actually in Victor Vran. That would make that game literally perfect. The perfect video game. The most metal possible video game. Yeah. But uh, a note on that. Um, I went to go export the video that stream to YouTube, and I noticed that portions of it had been muted. <laughs> awesome! I'm unsurprised, and I think I told you that that was going to happen before I, we even started. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's because I randomly put in it's time to play the game at some point. I think it's just because... just from The soundtrack the, is a legal minefield. Yeah, exactly. And I hate, I hate that streaming platforms do that because that happened to me when I tried to do a video of uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 where I was playing some of the cassette tapes in it 
Oh, man. Didn't know you played MGS5 for some reason. Yeah, I played it uh, a bit back at release, and then um, new, newer, shinier things distracted me, as they always do. I hate the things that I do to try to get you to play video games, and then this <laughs> happens. Uh, oh well. I think I think we're all exhausted at this point. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, look, hey, I bought a digital version of Yakuza Zero so that I can finally play it because it doesn't require me to put the disc in. So there's that. That's how it works. And that's I'm e busy. Just grinding out experience in Yakuza 6 because I'm a sick man with sick plans. Nice. Ooh, I'm all ready to upload my character. Apparently, I need to go get my Switch to actually complete the transfer. Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I doubt the Switch version is even live yet for you to do that. No, no, I'm sure it's totally fine. It's going to save on a memory card somewhere. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? No. Which which kind of means like with this, so I've been playing Generations, been sitting in my cartridge slot, you know, along with Dragon Quest Eight. I don't know how they both been in there at once, but um, but what's really what's interesting is so I'll take Generations out because now it's going to be a Switch game. I do have uh, Monster Hunter Three and Four that I downloaded off the store. I mentioned to Mike earlier that I had bought those, so I had the, I had bought the cartridges for well, Monster Hunter Four a long time ago. But they had this Monster Hunter sale like two months ago on the 3DS store where you could get Monster Hunter 4 for like eight bucks. Yeah, and, that was And I was like, eight bucks to have it on the DS rather than constantly looking for the little cartridge. Hashtag first world problems. Sounded like a really great deal. So I did that. So now that, that, that that's going away, sometimes I'm on trips or something. I don't take my Switch because it is bigger. I'll just take my 3DS and I'll have that Monster Hunter 4 to go back to. I think I'll still plug away Monster Hunter 4 here and there. Yeah, you should. I can I, never truly be free. I'm still planning on making my way to G-Rank in that. Uh. Yeah, but Mike, there's no jet-powered dragons in Monster Hunter 4. That's not a negative, Phil. It's not yeah, a negative. You're a power... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we gotta have we gotta have that. I mean, there's plenty of tough monsters in the game. You bring oh, a yeah. shame on our household. Well, yeah, there's there's definitely tough monsters. Listen, I'm going to fight Jet Power Dragon, and I'm going to defeat Jet Power Dragon. It's going to happen. They're always way harder in the demo than they actually are in the game, especially because you get a Unreal, unrealistic time limit. Keep going. Yeah. Well, I need to probably step out relatively soon. So. All right, yeah. So let's wrap this up. Uh, this has been Q and A quest. Uh, you can send us our questions on the latest episode. Uh, like I said, the next episode we're going to be sharing our memories of uh, Mr. Cunningham. Um, so if you have any, feel free to leave them there. I mean, like Phil said, they're going to be do. They'll talk about him on their show as well. I'm sure RPG Cast will. You know, it's uh, obviously he meant a ton to this site. So you're probably going to be hearing lo lots of lots of that for a bit. And um, you know, um, if we're a bit slower on stuff and and uh, posting things for a while uh, please bear with us uh, I guess I'm sure
sure you can all understand why, but um, you know, people so far have been really, really supportive, and it's been surprising to see uh, uh, lots of people I didn't even know knew Mac on Twitter, you know, leaving their condolences. Like uh, apparently, for for one, um, he helped some of the limited run guys like actually connect with some of the companies they eventually did limited releases for. So, uh, yeah. Um, He's going to be missed, and um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, it's hard to sum up a person. Yeah. Especially someone like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, be sure to check out our other podcasts. Uh, Phil and I do The Hunt. We'll probably be doing more frequent episodes now that um, Ultimate is upon us. And RPG Backtrack, as always, and the RPG Crest, which also records weekly. Although I don't know if they'll be doing that one this week since they'll be at PAX. But don't quote me on that. I can't wait. I can ask them at PAX. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anything you guys want to mention before we wrap this up? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, just at uh, the Hunt uh, Stories from Monster Hunter podcast, we just posted uh, just uh, yesterday or today or something like that. Today, but we just yeah. posted today. Uh, they are basically our pre-Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate podcast. So if you want more information and want to hear us doing you know, more gushing, some of it's going to be a little repeat of what you heard here. Uh, but you can head over and hear that. And then hopefully we'll get some new episodes going over some of the things that we are doing uh, now that we can play that together easily. Yeah on the go and and the such and mike's going to be very excited that i just found a picture of rocket dragon that i'm going to be sending to him now on discord oh god why? so it haunts his dreams so it, so it hunts his dreams tonight very very important that it hunts his dreams tonight uh, for mike Christ. very important right. and uh We'll probably be live streaming some sessions as well. Do we want to do? Do you want to do Sunday night after my normal six to nine like we did last time? Do you want to try an hour or two after that? Yeah, I should be is able that, to. Do, right. Is that a convenient time for you? Yeah, I don't know if I can do that every week, but at least this week. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if we miss weeks yeah. here and there, it's not a big deal. But I yeah. mean, I'm at least you know that's pretty reliable for me. So if we do that, guys, so I do, I do, um, for y'all listening, I do a live stream um, every Sunday night starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I usually play uh, older PC, you know, RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesterday, yesteryear. It ties in with, with backtrack a bit, but I focus on the PC games for the most part. Um, and And then what we're looking at doing is maybe right after that, going right into a monster hunter generations ultimate stream when mike is available so there you go double yeah. double the awesomeness we could probably grab some of the uh some people from discord as well to join us yeah we during those streams we we uh we do uh involve discord in fact if you're just li watching the stream you'll actually hear us just talking we're talking about rpgs in general and our gaming hobbies and whatever topic happens to come up for the most part, is very game-centered uh, just with our friends. So it's a great time if you want to talk with us and and the such. Or Ever wonder what it's like to be part yeah. of the podcast? Just and, jump right in. And possibly I play... usually show up there. I promise I won't talk too much. And, 
and come play Generations Ultimate with us. That would be very rad. Yeah, we can all fight the Jet Power Dragon together. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Listen, you have to face your fears of the Jet and the Dragon. <laughs> oh, I don't want to, though. It's just you misunderstood. <laughs> come on, man. He's no he's really no worse than Nergiganta. Uh, oh wait, you haven't fought him either. No you wimp. I have no simple machine. <laughs> Alright. Anyway, on that note, I'm gonna shut off the stream and the recording, and we will see you folks next time, wherever that next time happens to be. There's you got a lot of opportunities for a different next time. Yes. Yes. Oh, and uh, one last thing here. We have somebody on the Twitch chat who says, Backtrack got me through two years of work. So, uh, I think that's high praise, Phil. Yeah, there you go. RPG Backtrack, we're here to get you through your job. And, um... I'm I'm sure that this guy... Well, that's because our shows run so long. I'm sure that Wales will one day be able to survive recounting his eight hours of involved Disgaea discussion. Yes. Uh, if only the the episode that didn't rec- didn't rec- the bits that didn't record were still out there somewhere. That would be interesting to compare and contrast that with the final episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disgaea. Goodbye. Uh, anyway, that's not let yes. wheels get caught in the fuke state. That's <sighs> also, that's also, by the way, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but I can't help myself. That's also, a, that was also really great when it came to the Vita, Disgaea 3 and 4, or even going back to the older ones on the PSP and stuff, but just having Disgaea games at the palm of your hand. I never really felt, I love Disgaea games, but I never really felt the, the desire to play their post-game content because I love the story. I'm all about the story. So once I'm done with the story, I'm done with, with those games. But when it's in the palm of your hand, you can just pull off a couple of dungeons here and there. It's great. It's great. It's it, it should be illegal. It's like crack. I'm at lunch. I just want to pull out and play another board real quick. See if I can get through this board before my break is up. It's it's yeah. And so now you have that on. You have what Disgaea? Don't you have Disgaea Five on the Switch? There is, and we'll just go furious at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's his favorite. So. Uh, yeah, go out and grab Vibe and play Wheel's favorite Disgaea game right there. I lo- that, okay, I, I should. Uh, we're not I, doing this. You are just, not going on this rant while gonna, we're trying to wrap up the show. Just going to say, I love the story in that game, and I really want to find a way to love the gameplay too. That's it. Leave it at that. We're Absolutely ra- furious. Yes. <laughs> Wrapping it Screaming into a pillow. Yes. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Team handheld forever, peeps. See you next time. Time to play the game! (laughs) It's all about the game, and how you play it! It's all about control, and if you can take it, it's all about control!